0: welcome back to more money minutes for doctors and this is a special bonus episode where we're going to be talking about 529 plans and doctors Catherine besin is here and may 29th is national 529 day so in celebration of today's very special day i'm going to be talking about 529 plans and saving for educational expenses Now for further questions, or if there's something you would like us to cover in a future episode, please reach out to us. You can do that by sending us an email at info at mdfinancialadvisors.com. And don't forget to like us, subscribe, and follow us on social media at MD Financial Advisors, so you never miss an episode. Now, most of our doctors plan for their children to receive an undergraduate degree, and many also plan for those kids to get a postgraduate degree. In fact, we find that being a doctor very often runs in the family, and who knows better than our parent doctors how expensive schooling can be because so many of our doctors are still paying off their medical school or even undergraduate loans. So it's very common for our clients to want to pay some or even all of their children's education, which is why education expense planning is a very important part of the financial planning process that we do. And the long and the short of it is it's going to cost a whole lot more than you ever think possible, partly because college costs go up much higher than regular inflation, sometimes twice the national inflation rate. So it can be very pricey to send your children to some very special schools. Now, 529 plans are one way of saving for future education costs. And today we're gonna go over seven things every doctor should know about 529 plans. Okay, number one, 529 plans are in the tax-free bucket. So 529 plans are state-sponsored investment plans. They're usually used by parents and grandparents or family members to contribute post-tax money for a beneficiary to use tax-free in the future to pay for education costs. And every state has a 529 plan. Now, you may remember from our episode on the tax control triangle that the tax-free bucket allows investments to grow without tax. So with 529 plans, the funds go in after tax, and they grow tax free. And as long as you're pulling them out for an approved education expense, you will never have to pay tax on the funds again. Yay. I think of that as tax insurance. You're basically paying the tax on this money up front. All right, number two, every plan is varied state by state. As I mentioned, every state has a 529 plan, but The investment options and the funds, as well as the fees, can vary hugely from state to state. Now, there's a huge difference in the type of funds that are provided by different states. Some have much higher internal fees than the same mutual funds in another state plan. This is also quite shocking to our clients to find out if you invested uh, in mutual fund A in Alabama, Guess what? That same mutual fund in Utah may have an entirely different fee structure. And the reason is these internal fees of these funds are frequently used by the states as a hidden tax. It's a bit of a moneymaker for them. So be careful because you may be unwittingly and unknowingly subsidizing the state coffers if you're not careful about which funds you're using and in which state plan. The good news is although the uh, service providers vary from state to state, and some of them are absolutely horrible. In fact, I can think of one East Coast state that'll remain nameless where the service is so horrible, I tell clients, I just don't think it's worth it to invest there. So in the case of the horrible service states, I say it's not worth the modest tax reductions you're gonna get every year. We wanna go to a state that's known for good Customer service when it comes to their 529 plans. And that reminds me that you're not limited to the 529 plan from your state. You can actually use any state's plan in the country. Some states do provide state income tax benefits for these plans. Connecticut is an example. Um, many states do not. And the, once again, this varies state by state. None of these plans, though, provide any federal tax benefits. So that's a good thing to know. Also, just because you don't have to live in the state to be in the 529 plan, your beneficiary doesn't have to live in that state and your beneficiary doesn't have to go to a school in that state in order for the 529 plan to cover them. So you probably wanna check with your advisor about which 529 plans are best for you. Every year or so, we literally go through and analyze every plan and come up with the ones that we think are best at the time. And it can vary from time to time. All right, number three. The money in your 529 plan must be used for educational expenses only. Uh, this can be a painful lesson, as I'll describe in a minute. So you can take distributions out to pay for education at an approved educational institution. Now, believe it or not, recently they changed some of these rules so you can use it for private elementary and secondary schools. It's limited, though; you can use up to ten thousand a year for these plans. But you can also use them for colleges, universities. But vocational schools and even a few international schools overseas. So, yes, if your darling son or daughter wants to get an education in golf club management, they can actually use their 529 plan for that. Or maybe you're tired of being a doctor and you want to go to chef school, you can also use a 529 plan, not just for yourself, but for a vocation like becoming a chef. Now, qualifying post secondary education expenses include tuition and fees, of course, books and supplies, but also room and board. Now, a key thing that most of our clients were completely unaware of is that there are very high penalties for money that's removed from a 529 plan when you don't use it for an educational expense. Now, this came about in 2008 when the stock market crashed and we had so many people who they had lost their jobs, The economy was in the tank. It took a couple of years to recover. They have to go through all of their emergency fund, all their other money. And they finally, some of them, without checking with us, tapped into their 529 plans. And this was devastating because if you're under 59 and a half and you pull money out of a 529 plan for something other than college or an educational expense, there is a 10% penalty and a whopping ordinary income tax on the gains. So this is the last place we wanna put money if you feel like you're gonna need it in uh, in a few years for some other reason. This is only money that we feel like we can lock up because the penalties for pulling it out are pretty horrific. Now, number four, contributions are actually considered as gifts for gift tax purposes. So the annual gift tax exclusion right now for gifts in 2021 is fifteen thousand dollars. That's per donor and per donee. So what that means is you can donate or gift fifteen thousand per child into their 529 plan. Once again, it doesn't have to be your child. It can be nieces and nephews or uh, um, grandchildren. And if you're married, you and your spouse could add your fifteen thousand together. So together you could give thirty thousand dollars per child per year. Without any tax consequences, assuming there are no other gifts that are made that year. Now, there is a loophole to the $15,000 per year limit that's called super funding. Now, if our doctors can afford it, we recommend super funding or contributing up to five years of gifts at one time in a lump sum. Now, this is allowed without tax consequences as long as there are no other gifts that are given during that next five year period. And this gives more time for the money to grow tax-free. So if you're in a place you can do this, this can be a great thing, is to fund it up front because you'll get more compound interest and uh, a lot greater returns and, of course, more tax savings. Now, there is a maximum aggregate limit on 529 plans. Once again, this is going to vary from state to state. Different states have different options for how much money can be put into the account based on the state's expectations of cost of an undergraduate and graduate school. Now, once that limit is hit, you can't make any more new contributions to the funds, but you can allow the existing funds to continue to grow based on how they're invested. And you can do that without any penalties. Now, the current limits range from state to state. Uh, I'd say they're between 235,000 and 529,000 cute number with that state, right? Choosing 529,000. And that's why it's very important to select the right state plan for your financial goals. Because if you're planning to put in more money, we want to make sure that we can use a state plan that's going to allow that. All right, number five, distribution limits vary. As I mentioned before, if you're using the money to pay for private elementary through um, 12th grade, K through 12 education, you can take out $10,000 per student per year. Now, the nice thing about secondary school, colleges, universities, or vocational schools is that there is no limit. But you really want to make sure you're not taking out more than is actually qualified as it can lead to those taxes and penalties that I'm talking about. So if you pulled $50,000 out of your 529 plan, but your educational expenses were only 30, then you're going to have Penalties on that $20,000. You're going to have that 10% penalty, assuming you're under 59 and a half, and you're going to have ordinary income tax on the gain of that $20,000. Number six, 529 plans can be passed, passed on through a family. So I've had a couple of clients where when they put all their kids through school, they got to the end, and guess what? They still had money in their 529 plans. In fact, this has happened to me twice. I've had two clients that after they put all the kids through school, they had $300,000 left over in a 529 plan. Now, a lot of people are saying, great, that's awesome because we can put it onto grandchildren. That's true. You can move it onto grandchildren. You can move it to nieces and nephews. But in this situation with these clients, they didn't have any grandchildren none of the kids were married none of the kids even had a possibility of a near a marriage in the future and they could be looking at 30 years before this funds these funds could be used so it's something to really think about because you want to make sure that you're not overfunding these accounts you can pass it on to a sibling so if you if maybe you have just a 529 plan for a child number 1 and you've got two or three children If child number one doesn't use it, you can certainly use their plans for children's two and three. And this really comes into play, particularly if you've got one child that's going to an expensive medical school, right? They have an undergraduate uh, expense and they've got medical school. We all know how horribly expensive that is now, although dental school is much worse. And what they find is that maybe other children aren't going to need as much money. And so you can use other siblings or other children's 529 plans to pay for the child that's gonna have higher education costs. Now, number seven, it's really important to realize that federal financial aid and many of the state schools own financial aid programs are going to be impacted by 529 plans. So they have to be disclosed under the FAFSA, which is the form you file when you're looking for getting either need-based or merit aid at a college. And depending on the owner of the 529, different percentages of the account will be considered as an expected family contribution when applying for federal financial aid. Now, this may or may not affect you because to be frank with our clients, I can't think of a single one of them that's going to qualify for their children to receive need-based aid. But all of our clients should be looking at getting merit-based aid for their higher education costs. Uh, because obviously their income is too high to get need based aid, but they should still consider merit-based aid. Unfortunately, 529 plans could also be impacting merit-based aid. So it's one of the things to think about as you're doing your college planning. I think the simple thing to realize is colleges love those 529 plans, and that's the first thing that they wanna grab onto when they're thinking about putting together financial aid packages for their incoming students. So I always think, as you know, from listening to to different podcasts, there's a pro and a con to everything we do. And just with 529 plans, there's also pros and cons here. So on the pro side, this can be a very tax advantaged way to save for education because what you're doing in effect is you're saving on the capital gains tax on the growth. So in other words, you really have two options for saving for education. We can put it in money into a 529 plan or we could use a brokerage account. And the disadvantage of using the brokerage account is that as you pull that money out or as you realize gains or profits in those accounts, then you're gonna to have to pay tax on the profits. And you don't have to do that with a 529 plan. But of course, this is not the silver bullet uh, some people thought it was, it does have a downside. And that is that it's highly illiquid and that can present a problem if your children don't actually need the funds. If they end up going to the Air Force Academy, they get a total free ride, they're probably not going to need a dime out of their 529 plans. So it's very important to think about that, as I mentioned before, and not overfund these accounts. So I used to think that it was basically a decision for clients between the trade-off of tax savings versus liquidity. Now, I found some doctors really valued liquidity more than the tax savings. They didn't know if they're going to need this money for another event, uh, some other crisis in the future, and they wanted the options to be able to tap into it at any time. So for those doctors, we think a brokerage account is going to be a better choice. Yes, they're going to have to pay capital gains tax on the profits, but guess what? It's liquid. They can get it at any time for any purpose. And then we have doctors who prioritize taxes over liquidity. For them, it's most important that they save taxes. And obviously for them, a 529 plan is going to be a really, really good option. Now, I would say most of our clients at this stage are hedging their bets. They're putting some money into brokerage accounts and they're using some money into a 529 plan. And that way they can differentiate between the two, depending on what happens with their children, what kind of... uh, colleges they're planning on, what kind of aid, merit aid that they're actually getting. So it's something to consider. Now, I will tell you that these 529 plans are likely to become even more popular in the future. And the reason is, uh, as I'm recording this over the last week or two, we've been listening to our current administration who've indicated that they want to completely eliminate capital gains tax for a good portion of our population, a good portion of our doctors. And what that means is instead of paying a lower rate capital gains tax on their brokerage accounts, when they take the money out for college, they might have to pay a higher tax, an ordinary income tax on these brokerage account funds. And in that case, we have kind of as we're weighing the scales, we might find that the 529 accounts with their tax advantages are going to be more popular in the future, particularly with high earning clients like our doctors. So if this legislation succeeds, who knows if it will, but it's, I think it's likely given that we have uh, both a house and a Senate and a presidency all with the same party. I think it's likely that this legislation will go forward, but if it does just keep in mind that it's going to be more expensive to keep money in a brokerage account. And then we're probably going to be using 529 plans a lot more often. All right. In conclusion, So 529 plans can be a great way to build up a college fund or even pay for private K through 12 schools. But it's vital to remember that everything that goes into this account and all of the gains must be used for educational expenses or you could be hit with a very large tax bill and with penalties. And that means it's not the best fit for everyone. So I think it's important for doctors to know what options they have for funding their children's future and finding the right ones that fit them. And as every family has a different situation, we recommend that you do meet with your financial advisor to find the choice that's going to be best for you and best for your family. And be sure to weigh that liquidity factor versus the tax savings as you're thinking about options. All right, in closing, please follow us on social media. And if you found this helpful, forward it on to your colleagues because I bet they're been worrying about how they're going to get their children's education funded too. And in the future, I really love it when you send us questions and topics for future issues because I'm all about, how can we bring a sense of peace to our doctors? How can we help them avoid burnout? And one way I feel like that we can do that is by bringing them a sense of peace about their financial future. So I really treasure all of your questions and suggestions for future topics. And finally, you can always reach out to us directly for a second opinion on your financial health by emailing us at info at mdfinancialadvisors.com. In the meantime, be well and prosper.